Hello, everyone, and welcome to the 95th episode of the Tuesday Night Podcast, a tabletop podcast where we talk about board games, card games, games you can play on and underneath your table. I'm your host, SBJ. Hopefully, I'm talking loud enough. I uh, no longer like this show, so I recently left it. (laughs) 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 But they brought me back to do this uh, live Gen Con podcast because uh, I happen to have all the audio equipment to make it work. (laughs) Mm -hmm. With me is the beautiful Alan. Oh, hey. Beautiful. Thank you. I appreciate that. Secretly, I call everyone beautiful. Oh, (laughs) well, that hurts. All right. Yeah, everyone is. Except Sean, who is our other co-host. <laughs> hey Always glad to be here. Glad to have you back, SBJ. I love to be back. Yeah. Edit all that stuff out at the beginning about you not liking the show and leaving. Yeah. And yeah. Yep. It's going to be great. Five stars in iTunes. Magic uh, Radio. So if you haven't listened to us, uh, we are, they are a weekly board game podcast. <laughs> <laughs> and it comes out every Tuesday night. Yeah. Yeah, it's true. Almost. I try. Uh, almost, yeah. It's tough. It's Tuesday night somewhere. Yeah. <laughs> Taglined. Yeah. Copyrighted. Oh, yeah. So the the goal for today is kind of like what we did last year. We're going to talk about what we played in the show, what we thought was exciting, uh, what we liked and didn't like, and then hopefully you walk away with something of like, oh, I never heard about that game, and you can go buy it uh, tomorrow, and then we'll get some commission on that, and that's how it'll work. Yeah. We got to make money somehow. <laughs> Well, if you guys had games to sell... Yeah, absolutely. Uh, Ah, Yeah, yeah, we sold out of World Championship Russian Roulette first day, so we did not bring enough. How many of you Mad Bros did you guys sell? Oh, that would be uh, 325 was the last count. Uh, No, we don't have that available. That's just a demo. How how many of you have played you Mad Bro at the show? All right, let's clap because this is an audio thing. Yeah, there we go. (laughs) <laughs> like it. One thing I'm struggling with is during the pitch, I do the Jersey accent, and it's hard to turn it off. So I feel like you should just go full Christopher Walken because it definitely is. I did get a lot of feedback, and people want more Christopher Walken. That's for sure. But uh, the, the Jersey reminds me. Where's B Team Will? Yeah, I like your hoodie. Well, that's one thing because recently I was visiting DC with B Team Will over there. And for some foolish reason, I never realized he had such a thick accent. I don't have an accent. Okay. Um, <laughs> you can judge see. for yourself, yeah. listeners at home. Yeah, I mean, I have very specific words I can have you say into the mic right now. You can't make me do anything. Okay, that's, that's true. true. That is true. That is true. Hey, do you like his hoodie, by the way? I know that the listeners at home can't see the hoodie, but really it's cool. Old, it's nice. A right? walking billboard here. A walking billboard. Which means I have a surprise for you, SBJ. I bet it's the hoodie. It, yeah. Damn it! <laughs> what size are you? I'm small. Just so all the listeners that know at home can also then send me small hoodies. All right. I have a gamer's small for you. That's a large. So I'll give you a... Uh, I think a large is a gamer's small. Yeah. <laughs> Did you... Here's, here's a medium. B-Team Logan, what size are you? Medium. I definitely said I was small. You're kind of like a a hoodie connoisseur, aren't you? I am, yes. If you guys ever look through SBJ's Kickstarter backer history, it's all board games, hoodies, and underwear. (laughs) (laughs) It's like the underwear of the future. (laughs) 
Some guy came I'm, from I'm, the future, <laughs> brought his underwear. For the perfect game, the perfect underwear. Yep. The perfect hoodie. That's good. I'm, I'm planning on starting a hoodie convention. <laughs> Podcast about hoodies, <laughs> reviewing. Actually, that wouldn't be a bad show. No, you have enough of them for sure. Uh, and you guys are going to do the giveaways here at the end as well. Yeah, so thanks for the publishers that donated games for us to give away. Uh, I have it written down here so I don't forget. Arcane Wonders gave us some games. Uh, as we call out these publishers' names, if you went to their booth, clap. Yeah, that sounds interactive. And if you didn't so go to their they, booth, <laughs> I'll clap. Then when the publishers <laughs> listen, they go, oh, we didn't, oh, shit. <laughs> yeah, actually, how about, how about this? Can we ask you guys if you can name a game made by Arcane Wonders? Ooh. Whoa, Mage Wars. That is correct. That's how we met, actually. Yeah, well, I was going to ask you what's special about Mage Wars, but Sean just ruined that one. So, uh, that's What's special good. about Mage Wars is that it's a, it's a tactical card game. <laughs> well, <laughs> yeah. So, uh, also, Minion Games gave us a whole bunch of old games. Uh, James Matthew, we got some games there. And Stronghold Games gave us, oh, sorry, Minion Games. Can someone name a Minion game? I know there's games up there that you can see. Name a minion game. Ooh. Oh, quiet. Sorry, James. I, wasn't minion games out of Milwaukee? Yes, absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. Manhattan Project, anyone? There we go. Oh, you said it? Manhattan Project. Manhattan Project. Nice. And then Stronghold Games. Name a game from Stronghold Games. Great Western Trip? Okay, that sounds more appropriate. Okay. I have not played that, obviously. They just happened to give us 30 copies of Flam Rouge to give away. No, no that is a lie. No. <laughs> Do not know. Just that is that a lie. Yeah. Uh, but then we have Indie Board and Cards. Can anyone name a game from Indie Board and Cards? Resistance. They don't make the Resistance, do they? Not anymore, I don't think. I don't think you can buy the Resistance anymore. Actually, we have in the audience the owner of Indie Board and Cards, Travis Worthington. Right here. Thank you so much, Travis. Uh, I'm going to put Sean on the spot because one of the wonderful things about Sean is his impersonation of Travis Worthington. Sure. Uh, should we do an elevator pitch for? I'm not doing an elevator pitch, but I will do <laughs> okay. Travis impersonation. Uh, when we got into board gaming, um, it feels like it was a smaller industry, but we might just be getting older. Uh, but Travis gave us some of the best advice in the industry about making games, which was don't. Yes. <laughs> no, Travis gave us lots of great advice. Um, yeah. I remember one of the pieces of advice he gave is having a partnership. Dumb. Yeah, that was big. Don't do not do two big. people. Yeah, don't do a partnership. But here we are. You, you do remember that? No, I don't remember saying that. <laughs> okay. We keep putting words of advice in your mouth. Yep. Ah, <laughs> uh, uh, you do your impersonation though. Sure. What do you want me to say? Uh, why don't you say some of the games that he provided us? Uh, he gave us a whole yeah the story. When we walked up to the booth, we came up and I said, "Hey, we're looking for games to donate for the knaves and knights that come to the podcast. So uh, if you want, do you have any games you want to give us?" And what was what was your response, Travis? Uh, yeah, just, uh, give them one of everything. <laughs> there you go, Travis. <laughs> Very good. And they did, and we started 
picking games up off the <laughs> shelf. Really I have like- to admit, you have so many games now. It was ridiculous that we. It was so heavy for full bag. So, anyways, your thank employees you, were like, "Hey, whoa, 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 what are you guys doing? We're just like stacking up games, like walking away." It was good. It's like ah, it's, it's fine. Good. Okay, well, uh, was that who all, else? The, was that all the games on the list? Uh, yeah, that's all the games on the okay, list. Yeah, cool. there's a ton for my personal library. Uh, so. Enjoy that. Like, I got a lot of versions fight. Here's the one thing about me. A little thing about me that I do is when I buy a game... Fun, a fun fact about you? Yeah, little known fact about Alan number, I don't know what number anymore. I'll say 29. Is that I buy them in bulk, so I can give them away as birthday gifts and whatnot. And now I ran out of friends, so I was like, oh, I'll give them to listeners. So I ran out of friends. Yeah, yeah, yep. Okay. Well, let's talk about what we played on the sh- show floor. I played some stuff. I don't know if you guys got around to playing anything. You've played a little bit. You've played a lot. Not uh, not as much as I did last year, but uh, here, I'll run down what I've played, and then if uh, if you guys want to hear more about it, I'll, I'll attempt to pitch it to you and tell you if it was good or bad. Uh, number nine, Modern Art. Oh, number nine. This is the game that's like uh, Tetris, right? Yeah, that's like okay. Tetris. Uh, Evolution New Beginning, which is, I know it's not new. Uh, you Mad Bro. Complete garbage. Uh, <laughs> Century Spice Road. Hey, that's mm. uh, I didn't play, but I watched a demo of Downforce. Uh, and then Insider and Flamme Rouge, which you talked about last year, Sean. But this is the first time those two games are here in an English release form. Yes. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. Insider. We you want to talk about, about Insider? Insider? Sure. Yeah. You played Insider. We've talked about Insider before, but I want to know your take. Uh, first off, uh, I think it's totally unacceptable in 2017 for a booth not to take credit. They, what? Oink Games doesn't take credit? They only take cash. It's oh. it's it's companies that are coming here from outside the country, like Lamentations of the Flame Princess. It's based in Finland. Cash only. They don't want to get like an American card reader, an American account, and then pay the fees, and then get you know cash is king for those guys. But yeah, it is unacceptable to be a foreign business, for sure. <laughs> 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 If that's what you're considering. I don't think that's a controversial opinion or anything. Um, no, but Oink, Oink was, uh, their booth is super great. They yeah. tons of games. I used to only be able to get them through hitting up some rando on BGG and paying them 40 bucks for a $15 game. Yeah, so Insider and Flamme Rouge specifically, I remember we we did like a, a end of the year show mm-hmm. after Christmas and we talked about our favorite games of the year. And Sean, you said both Insider and Flem Rouge, which was very convenient for our listeners because there was really no way to buy them without importing them. You're welcome. Uh, but has anyone here actually played Insider? Looks oh. like a bunch. Yeah. Of people so for those that aren't watching this, there you go, clapping. Hey! Oh, we got a copy of Insider. Should we do the Insider Werewolf controversy or Werewolf controversy? Anyone play Werewords? Werewoods. Werewords. Trash. Oh man, one, one person. Yeah, is it because you played Insider first, or have you played them both today? Ah, gotcha. Very loud demo. Okay. So I like Insider because it, so it's it's twenty two dollars cash only at uh, what's it called? Oink. Oink. Uh, they have a bunch of other games that are also twenty two dollars. And if you care, if you buy three of their games, you can save like six bucks. I think it's three for 60. Um, but Insider specifically, it is, there is one master who everyone knows who they are. And then there is an insider. And then both the master and the insider know what the word is. And the goal is to guess the word. 
So, for example, the word could be scissors. Everyone else, there's a story to go along with this. Yeah, I can tell. <laughs> Everyone Seven else. Seven people in the audience just blushed. <laughs> is uh, just a common person. And so they don't, no one knows who the insider is, but everyone knows who the master is. So it is a cooperative game, except the insider wants to win and everyone who's not the insider wants to win. And so how that works, I know that kind of sounds confusing, is because the insider knows what the actual word is, the insider is supposed to help the group get to that conclusion uh, without actually revealing that they are the insider. So everyone who is not the master, they ask the master yes or no questions, and all the master can say is yes, no, or I don't know. So in a game last night, I happened to be the master, and the word was scissors, and I don't know, I can't remember who the insider was, but, oh, my friend Micah, uh, but they were asking me, like, uh, is, it a, is it a person? No. Is it a place? No. Is it an object? Yes. Is it made out of wood? No. Is it metal? Yes. And anyways, we get all the way to the point where somebody says, because they've discovered it's a tool or a utensil, they go, can a carpenter use it? Yeah, of course. Yes. Uh, and then uh, and they, they end up guessing at scissor, scissors, and no one figured out that my friend Micah was the insider, but he flipped it over and was like, I don't know how any of you got from sciz carpenter to scissors because that doesn't make any sense. And I go, yeah, it does, man. Carpenters cut carpet. <laughs> Speaking of Micah, clap, clap if you think corn is a root. <laughs> Nothing? Ooh. Sorry, Sorry Micah. <laughs> Head back to FFA for that one. <laughs> Uh, for the uninitiated, obviously, Micah was the uh, master. master, and the word was corn. And the question was, is it a root? And Micah's answer was, yes. <laughs> yes, corn is a root. I mean, he didn't say corn is a root, but... So that's the uh, director's commentary of our jokes. Right, it, yeah. It, insider, though, like falls into that category of, of being able to teach it to somebody and play it within like 15 minutes. And everyone have a great time. And then it has enough variety that you want to keep on playing it. And then it just kind of gets funnier and funnier every time. Like the next game we played, somebody was like, is it have to do with a carpenter? <laughs> like, no, nope, no. <laughs> <laughs> we, so, had a, we had a weird one. I played it with my friends in Florida. And uh, I think the word, it was a crazy word. It was like Heisenberg or something like that. Um, just like some really random long name. And uh, I was the insider, and the master was a friend of mine. And uh, I looked at the word and then closed my eyes. And, you know, then she had done it backwards. So she opened her eyes and looked at the word. And then she closed her eyes and she said, I don't know this word. So I'm going to, you know, flip Plus the, the game. Yeah, yeah I'm going to redo it. And she said, no problem. And uh, we flip it over. And the next word is like brick. <laughs> and she's like, all right, cool. We're going to go. I can do this one. <laughs> it was just so depressing. <laughs> Okay, so you played Insider. We've talked about Insider a bunch of this show. Yeah, yeah. What? Uh, yeah, I recommend that. What other? What? What games have you guys seen? Because I got, I got a list. You're basically saying the games I recommended last year, mm -hmm. you got around to playing this year, and uh, I, eight months later, yes, and you like them, yes. Great to and, know. And Thanks I feel, for the feedback. And I, and, <laughs> and I feel good saying that because now people can actually go and buy them. Yes. Yeah, they can. It's a lot easier to get those games. Um. Looney Quest. Anyone play Looney Quest? Yeah. Yeah. It came out last year. 
hey, I didn't say I played the new games. The question was, <laughs> what games did you play? I mean, Lam Rouge and... All right, anyway, so on the theme of... <laughs> anyway, so Looney Quest. He, who here's played Looney Quest before? Logan, you've played them all, so pretty much you're going to clap at everything. So, no one? Looney Quest? No one? Ah, we got one back there? All right, yeah. What did you think? Thumbs up, thumbs down. Thumbs up? Liked it a lot. Yeah, Looney Quest is really easy entry, and it reminds me of the games I used to play at Study Hall. Back before we had cell phones and computers and whatnot, you had to use pen and paper to play games in Study Hall. And one of the games we used to play was we would take the notebook paper, three-bound hole-punch rings, and you'd use that as a stencil to draw to draw spaceships. So I would draw like three spaceships on one side of a piece of paper, fold it in half, and then the other side, you would draw, Sean, five spaceships. And then what you do is that you put a little dot on your side of the paper when it's your turn, and then you fold it to see if your dot hit the center of their spaceship. Anyone ever play this game? Uh, I've played this, wow. yeah. Yeah, I'm not crazy. And thought it was a brilliant game. And so Looney Quest is basically the official published version of that, where there is an... So they saw monikers, which is just fishbowl, and they're like, we can sell this. Isn't that all games? Don't we all just take these culturally yeah. relevant games from any culture whatsoever and say, like, how can we make money off of that now? Everything is a remix. Right. Everything's a remix. There's nothing original. So Looney Quest, you have a beautiful cartoon image in the center of the table and everyone has transparencies with a marker and you either have to put dots and then you put the transparency on the picture to see if you beat the boss or you have to do circles to circle the treasure chest or whatever. It's really quick. It's that really simple. Cool. It's super cool. It's super fun. And I think it's an always game because you can almost always play it as a time killer. Because I, I don't think anyone says, no, that's stupid, and I'm never going to play that again. It's one of those harmless games. Who publishes that game? It's a great quest. A great question. <laughs> uh, I wish I had taken notes. Um, you guys remember? Oh, it's uh, the Liberali or Liberala that's owned by L-I-B-R. Someone help me out. What? Yeah, Liberella or... Liberella. <laughs> 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 not going to work here anymore, is yeah. it? <laughs> yeah, so it's it's made by a company. <laughs> so I think in terms of Gen Con, when we're talking about playing new games and playing old games, there's two types of Gen Con attendees. Those who come to play the new games and those who come to avoid the new games as much as humanly possible. Who's like a wait in line for the new release type of person? Go ahead and give us a clap. Who's like avoid the newest games like the plague Gen Con attendee? Give us a clap. Okay. Like All right. Yeah. 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 I'm I'm in that second group for sure. For sure. Um we we get to be exhibitors, which is great cuz you're in the halls early, but it sucks because then you have early customers and it's kind of a cycle, but the hot game at Gen Con, people are always like, "Oh, what's the hottest game here like on Friday or Saturday?" And it's like, it doesn't what, matter. What was, if you're asking today, the, it's what was gone. the hottest game? What was the hottest game? I know um Like I felt like last year was uh what Captain Sonar was, that was really for cool. sure really yeah. big yeah. and the year before was like Mysterium. Mm -hmm. L5R. L5R, L5R was pretty hot. Starfinder, the sci-fi Pathfinder game was super hot. That sold Seaf out. Seafall was really big last year. Yeah. They brought enough. This year they um what is it? Wasteland. Oh, Wasteland Delivery Express. That's one, right? Yeah, but Red Scare is the same Yeah, Red, Red Scare, Scare from uh, Ben Canellis. In fact, Ben Canellis, the designer of Red Scare, is here today. Red ben, stand up for us, would you? Oh! 
If you guys were curious about which one of our volunteers was the big weenie, it's the one in the hot dog outfit. Um, I can't believe I gave this gentleman money. <laughs> uh, yeah, so Red Scare sold out. Yeah, what else? Uh, Red Scare is hot. Wasteland Delivery is hot. Starfinder was hot. Is that tree game super hot? Talking about Kodama? No, photosynthesis. Sorry, I tried. <laughs> um, Kodama was last year, and it was hot last year. Photosynthesis, that looked pretty good. I, I, I don't know anything about it. Has there been any Mysterium type things where people bought it before anyone else actually got it? So the VIPs and because remember, wasn't was that last year Mysterium? Seafall. Yeah. So the year was before year, was Mysterium. Yes. And so Mysterium, the big controversy was people were able to buy it before anyone else would, before the hall opened. Yep. And then there were literally someone, wasn't that your story? Yeah, somebody like bought Mysterium, walked out. Who makes Mysterium? Uh, uh, Asmodee? Asmodee. Yeah. As- Asmati, as I used to call right. it. Walked in front of their booth, held it up, and was like, $200. And somebody was like, here, $200. And then just exchanged money, exchanged hands. Quick flip. Really? The the third edition? Fourth edition. Fourth edition. Fourth That's edition Twilight. of Twilight Imperium. Has anyone mm-hmm. actually gotten a chance to play fourth edition Twilight Imperium? Has anyone actually finished playing first <laughs> edition Twilight Imperium? It's <laughs> sort of an heirloom game. You die and somebody takes over your spot at the table. Right. <laughs> like Cubs season tickets. Uh, I, I played... So there's always games like this at Gen Con where it's talked about a lot and they, they seem to have enough copies. Uh, I played number nine by Z-Man Games. Yeah. Um, which is really good. It's, it's like a game that I don't think is for everyone. Like, I feel like I could take a game like Insider and show it to every single one of my friend groups, whether they're casual or hardcore or, you know, maybe even card game focused, like only play Magic the Gathering. But, uh, number nine is, again, it's like a love-hate relationship, but what you're doing is you're taking numbers that form like a little grid. So, for example, a nine would look like a nine on graph paper, and then the 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 hole in the nine would be punched out, and you you're connecting these numbers together to build a base, and then if that base has enough spots on, it's so hard to explain. Have enough spots on it, you could put another number on top of it, and what you're doing is you're taking these numbers and you're building up and up. The base is worth zero points, but if you can put like a nine on the first floor after your base, that nine will be worth nine points. But if you can put a nine on the second floor that nine is worth 18 points. And then if you can get up to the third floor, that nine is worth, this is how math works, 27 points. Math. Uh, it's really, really great. And, yeah, I get that. <laughs> but I don't know, like, I, I loved it a lot because it reminded me a lot of, like, playing Tetris. Like, you can play Tetris 100 times, and Tetris is always pretty different. Or you can you can play it and get better and better at it every time, and I feel like that's where number nine is of... People who play it a lot will get really, really good at it. And then there are people that will play it once and go, my brain doesn't work like this. I can't put shapes together. So let's play Let's play something else. I, l- I like that. That's become a recurring theme on the show recently is I want to encourage games to hit the table as often as possible because it's very easy. We're all here because we're consumers, and that's great. Um, but a lot of times we buy we buy like our Gen Con Hall, right? Hashtag Gen Con Hall. And you go home and sit on the <laughs> shelf and then you give those games away at your podcast next year. Um, so a game that's going to encourage me to play over and over again because I'm going to get better and better at it is, is great for me because I want to get a lot of the games I buy these days. I don't want to just, it's not a movie. It's not ephemeral. I don't want to experience it once and move on. Um, so that's really cool that the game seems to give more 
on multiple playthroughs. Yeah. Uh, another game I played was Modern Art by uh, Cool Mini or Not. Also, how do you say Cool Mini? Simon. Simon. That's what they're saying. Yeah. It's obviously come on. Yes. But they're saying Simon, right? Am I crazy? Right. Missed opportunity. Yeah. Is that like a. <laughs> did they just want to make like a semen joke or like. All right. Everyone wants to make a semen joke. It's not just them. Um, I have no idea. I like their new logo, though. Yeah, their logo is great. Uh, so Cool Mini or Not, they're publishing uh, modern. It's great podcast stuff. The logo's beautiful. <laughs> Uh, they're probably when you're printing a- money like them. You can call yourselves whatever you want, and it right. doesn't matter. Yeah, uh, modern art, which is it's like going, going, gone, and a hundred other bidding games, and they just kind of condensed it into this uh, painting game where you're you're bidding on different paintings, uh, and but you're you're using different mechanics. So you could do the open auction of you know somebody shouting one dollar, and then somebody shouting two dollars. Then they have like a hidden auction where everyone puts the money in their hand, closes their hand, they all open at the same time. Uh, there's like fixed auction where somebody will set the price for like $15 and then you could either pass or just pay that. So it's just a bunch of different auctions in a row. And I liked it, but I don't think it was something I would buy and take home. But if somebody had it and was like, let's play modern art, I'd be like, yeah, that's that's cool. Many or not. <laughs> all right. Well, I have, I have no questions. <laughs> yeah, that was good. No, another side of the token of gaming is uh, role-playing games. Anybody play a role-playing game while they're here? Okay. Nice. Because I think that is, to me, that is the con experience. Um, I see where Sean's going with this, and I'll, I'll, I'll let you go, because Sean won being a judge for next year's Any Award. So you're looking at a guy who's going to get every single RPG for free within the next year <laughs> so he can... Go ahead and test it out. So you guys are giving a lot of RPG games next year on the podcast. Yeah, so welcome to the new <laughs> RPG podcast. The bribe store is open. Uh, no, but a uh, great thing about conventions is you get to meet your friends from out of town. I'm sure a lot of you have friends here that you only have at Gen Con, right? This is like your summer camp friend show. Um, and it's like the traveling circus. Yes, it really is like right. the traveling circus. You can hole up in a hotel room, play mm-hmm. role-playing games for four, eight hours, and there's no... Phone calls or chores or work, you know, calling in. Although I'm sure they're all calling you and you're just ignoring them. Interesting characters. Yeah. You can really zone into an RPG at a show at a way you really can't at home. Mm-hmm. Um, but the point is I'm an Ennies judge now. And so. Yay. <laughs> uh, Good work, Sean. <laughs> People Please like you. Wrap that up. <laughs> uh, anything else that you've been playing? Or were you done with your RPG thing? Uh, we played Hocus, which we talked about. We had the designer on the show. I showed Sean Hocus last night. Yeah. It was a great game. That company shouldn't have gone out of business. Yeah. Did you guys hear that episode with Grant Rodiak and how he ran out of business? Yeah. The poor- I feel like ever since I left Tuesday Night Podcast, it's like you telling sad stories. Like that one dude's house burned down. This yeah. company went out of business. Yeah. Sean became a judge. Yep. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I am the law. It's really good. Really good. Uh. I am really excited about Parsley Games' new Kickstarter, and they're here. We have one person who knows Parsley Game. Anyone know Parsley Games? Mike? Yeah? Who doesn't know Parsley Games at all? Like, what the hell are you talking about? Is that a root? All right. Don't know. Do you guys remember Parsley? It is not a root. Do you guys know uh, Parser-based games from back in the early 80s? Parser was like the flashing little icon that let you know you're supposed to type. So, like... uh, Someone name one of the parser-based games. Zork, the classic one, right? Zork. So it's like Zork, 
In fact, the game is podcast friendly. You guys want to do a Tuesday night plays and do a quick, the original one was Action Cat. Yes. All right. Guys, stall. I'm going to go get Action Castle. All right. We'll stall. I'll talk about another game. Uh, I played you mad, bro. What'd you think? Uh, I'm so back. So here we go. It's, uh, <laughs> uh, the computer loads up. Welcome to Action Castle. This computer has voice, by the way, and it's mine. So it's pretty sweet. All right. Uh, delete. <laughs> uninstall. Uh, just a clue before we go in, you need to type in the inventory command in order to learn what's in your inventory. And that's like a giveaway. You are standing in a small cottage. There is a fishing pole here. Exits are out. Out. Loading. <laughs> Loading. Uh, you are standing on a lush garden path. There is a rose bush here. There is a cottage here. Exits are north, south, in. In. You are standing in a small cottage. There is a fishing pole here. Exits are out. You can take this if you want. Out. So that's how parsley, parsley games work. Very good. Who wants this? Boom. Logan, you have everything, so give it to the gentleman behind you. <laughs> Thank you so much, Logan. I'll hook you up. Don't worry. But they have a new Kickstarter out. Hardcover. Yeah. All the... Parsley games. Yeah, uh, I have Action Castle two behind me. I have Spooky Castle. I got some good stuff. A lot so. of castle stuff. Le yeah, it's it's cool. It's many or not. <laughs> I love them too. I think it's you. You've, <laughs> you've talked about this before. They're great for like like standing in line waiting for a restaurant. Oh my god! So this is what maybe I shouldn't say this on the podcast, especially since Travis is here. So. We need to design a game that people can play in lines and just walk around. And when someone has to wait in line for exploding kittens or the latest thing like Starfinder, we can just say, hey, you guys want to play this game in line? Because pars Parsley games are perfect for waiting in line and you just go down the line. It's amazing. So I think it would be great marketing if we had that. So we could just walk up and be like, you want to play our game while you wait in their line? I'm not sure if that's... No joke. This is how his brain works. We're walking around the show together and there are all these lines and he's like, Look at all these people. This would be a great place to sell them a game that they could play while they were waiting in line. There's like little people. Is that wallets. a horrible idea? It's not I mean, at all. yeah. All right. Cool. It's just funny. You, you like you see the opportunity immediately. Wasn't that what like Coin Age was supposed to be? Like those kind of games, like those like play anywhere, and then everyone bought them on Kickstarter, and then no one played them. Yeah, Coin Age does require a table. Parsley doesn't. doesn't. Parsley games, yeah, it doesn't. But yeah, kind of like that. Uh Similarly, I realized something dumb about two rooms and a boom. You know, we, you're not allowed. If you have an event, you can't sell product there, and it makes sense because you want people to come to the vending hall. But we thought, why don't we give coupons at the event so that you can use them at the booth? Marketing. That's what I'm thinking about. Remedial so. marketing. <laughs> oh my! Look at that. So, what's your name, sir? I'm sorry. I'm I'm making fours with you, as they say in Cleveland, which means we're connecting via eye contact. So, you have Pair of Ducks with you. Yeah. Do you like Pair of Ducks? Is that why you brought it? It's fun. Good for waiting in line. It is. Damn. We should bring I think us. you've heard of Pair of Ducks. Not enough people. All wow. Right. Wow. Maybe it, has, maybe it has wheels. So, the thing is about Origins is that at Origins every year, we have a uh, free game that you get with a coupon, and it's something really stupid that myself or Sean makes, 
And sometimes they're smash hits, like Duel. What's a copy of Duel? What's a copy of Duel? Oh, Ooh. my goodness. You guys are an hour away, so you're getting this copy. <laughs> Woo. Nice. Nice. For the listeners in at home, Sean threw Duel, and it was caught. <laughs> <laughs> I like this. Like For the listeners at home, she got hit in the head with a copy, and she's bleeding out. Please call 911. <laughs> I'm trapped in this podcast. <laughs> <laughs> what have you played, Alan? I, I just said Parsley Games and Looney Quest. So, uh, and Hocus with you. Mm -hmm. And a lot of you mad, bro. And I, I don't come to Gen Con to play games. I come to meet the people. It's good to see SBJ every year. Yeah. Yeah. I was yeah. drawn to you. Like, I remembered SBJ. And every year I was like, oh, man, this guy and your crew and Irene. So it was really good to see you. This year it was like. Oh, yeah, this guy. Oh, these guys, and yeah. yeah. And Irene! Do you, <laughs> do you want to talk about You Mad Bro? Yeah. Do you want to do your elevator pitch for You Mad Bro? No. I mean, we... We've done it so many times We did, we did it just last episode. Yeah. Oh, there's the train. There's you guys hear train. that? Listeners at home, there's a train going over us right now. Yeah. Chugga, 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 and then it hits somebody in the face. Joke <laughs> 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 was funnier in my head, but I got some laughs. laughs. Okay. This is what we don't get when we're doing this without an audience is pity laughs. Yeah. Yeah. It's just Alan and I being like, yeah. oh, we'll edit that out. <laughs> I think some people came here to see, well, this is a weird catch a phrase, a train wreck. So people come to live podcasts like, oh, let's see them really fall on their face. That's why I watch gymnastics on the Olympics. <laughs> I'm like, ankle broken. She's still going. Gold medal. That's insane. Deserved. Uh, yeah, so you told me about You Mad Bro like two or three years ago. And when yeah. you originally, so you, first off, you guys didn't actually make the game. No, this is Matt Fantastic. And we talked about it first because he pulled us aside when it was five in the morning after BGG Con. And we played this, and Sean really didn't want to play. He was pissed. And as we were playing this, he was like, he was like, ah, yeah, 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 come here, uh, sit down. This game is stupid, but you're going to like it. It was like, it's five in the morning, Matt. We're on our way to the airport, Matt. We got to go. He's like, no, 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 just shut up, sit down. <laughs> You're like, yeah, okay. I don't think he's embarrassed if we say he was very drunk. He had a bag drunk. of Franzia in his hand. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and yeah, so he we played, yeah. we played, and Sean pitch. and I made fours, and we're like, uh, this game's a lot of fun, no matter how stupid it is. And then when we found out he wanted to publish it, we said... We'll do it for we you. Had to, we had to court him for me. He talked to a few different people. He was like, I'd love I'd love for you guys to have it. You guys would do the best. But this company is way bigger. So if they say yes, I'm not going to give it to you. And to be fair, this is... <laughs> when someone comes to us with a good design, we're pretty honest to say, we would love that design. We're really slow. So the earliest we're ever going to be publishing it is going to be a couple of years. So if you want to shop it around first, but we'd love to Take be... Take the best deal. We believe in you. Yeah. All that bullshit. Pay it forward. <laughs> Pay it forward. Yeah. And we also had to see if it was the 5 o'clock in the morning version of us signing this game, or if it was the, no, this game is actually good at it's a great, night to sleep. Great question for the audience, too. Who here has played a game and loved, and then the next time you play it, you think, what the hell was I thinking the first time I played it? Anyone? Yeah. Yeah? Should we ask, like, prime example? Can you, who can think of, like, one, just say, like, this game was amazing the first time I played it, and then... What what is it? Splendor. 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 Ooh. I can see that. Even right for the top. 
<laughs> I like that. <laughs> Splendor. Yeah. I only hear good things about that game, so it's nice for somebody. Oh, to I got some it. bad things about to say about Splendor. Oh, yeah? really? But that's 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 my last game that I'll talk about. Um, so when you told me back to your Mad Bro, when you told me about it, you were like, "It's Cthulhu," and I was like, "Already not interested. True. I don't care about Cthulhu." And then right. you were like, "It's in New Jersey." I was like, "Now I'm definitely not interested." <laughs> uh, but when you elevator pitched it to me at the at the, I'm just trying to get me to do the Jersey accent. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, okay. Uh, I gotta. I but like, more. spoiler, I really like it. Oh, cool, cool. Uh, so the cool thing is, one thing I learned is that when you ask people to come to your booth, they listen way more when you use, uh, you know, Brooklyn, New Jersey accent. Like, hey, you over there? Come over here. Get over here. You gotta play this game. And for some reason, people aren't offended. Whereas if I go, hey, you, yeah, you, come over here. I get the middle finger. <laughs> So I don't know what it is. Hey, come on over here. You're from Jersey. That's the good news. The bad news is Cthulhu's risen. But don't worry because he dies instantly. He can't handle our pollution. So he's dead and he washes up. And the bad news is no one wants Rasta bananas anymore. The junk. The garbage. Now what you need is you got to take some tentacles. So you need tentacles. You win. It's like blackjack, but better. The more tentacles you get, the more you win. But you can go mad, bro. So, and by the way, I have to say, the, this accent was not my idea at all. I heard it from one of our volunteers, Weenie Ben Canellis, started doing it, and so I just stole it for him. So thank you for the idea, Ben. So you may like it more because... And then he was like, buy my game. (laughs) This has been the big, like, I don't know, cargo cult thing. Like, I've heard this, like, we say this a lot, like, oh, the girls don't want Rasta bananas anymore. And I I know that because Matt Fantastic said it when he pitched it to us. I have no idea what that means, but I've said it about 2,000 times at this show. The girls don't want Rasta Bananas anymore. And everybody goes, yeah, that makes sense. <laughs> like, all right, it's just saying nothing out loud all the time. This is our podcast. Got it. I think one of the issues, because Irene, you pointed it out, because one of the original pitches was that, sorry if I'm calling you out, Irene. So, for the listeners at home, she shrugged. Okay. <laughs> uh because the theme is your Jersey boys trying to impress your Jersey girls uh-huh. and that you're buying it. So there's kind of the argument that it's heteronormative and why is it, why are we guys? Why do we have to play the part of a guy? Because right away you said, I don't want to be a guy. Can I be a girl? You remember that? Yeah. Yep. That's what you said. So <laughs> you after said you didn't remember what you said. Uh, well, okay. it, see, I remember what Irene says. I don't Wait remember anything that Will says because I get it all wrong when Will. <laughs> anyway. But yeah, so I remember that, and after that, instead of saying, you're Jersey boys, I was like, you're from Jersey, and just made it as neutral as possible. No. The, your person doesn't want to rust a banana anymore. Yeah. <laughs> I still don't understand that, but I think I've got it figured out now. For the uninitiated, a rasta banana is the stuffed banana toy you win at the ring toss on the Atlantic boardwalk. Boom. Is that a real thing? That is a real thing, yeah. Okay. It's a banana that has dreadlocks and the uh, Rastafarian hat. I don't know. That sounds racist somehow. I don't know. I'm All not right, yeah, okay. Should we open up for Q&A? Or? Uh, you want me to uh, uh, complain about Splendor real quick? Yes, yes please. Yes, please. yes. Yeah. We love it when yeah. SBJ complains. <laughs> uh, so I like Splendor a lot. I think Splendor's a really great game. I personally like Machi Koro more. And the reason, I, the only reason I ever... On, second on. only no, to Seven no. Wonders. No, I hate Seven Wonders. <laughs> I want to hear about Machi Koro again. <laughs> the only reason I bring up Machi Koro and Splendor is because Shut Up and Sit Down, friends of the show... Yeah, they did a video comparing the two, and they also agreed that Machi Koro is a better game. And Splendor and Machi Koro aren't that similar, but like they kind of do both scratch the same itch. 
So what I played on the show floor today was the last game I played was Century Spice Road. Emerson oh, Emerson! Yeah. Emerson's been on the podcast. He's a friend, but you can trash his game if you want. And no, what I was going to say is it makes Splendor go in the garbage. Right. Yep. Because yep. Century Spice True. Road is Splendor, but better. Mm-hmm. Uh, just like if you were to play, I don't know. Two rooms the, and a boom. You would never play Werewolves. <laughs> his pitch for Splendor is you've got cubes, you get cubes, so you can get more cubes, and the more cubes you get, the better. And that's his pitch. And it's amazing. Because it works, because he's like cutting right through all the bullshit. He's like, look, this is a game about cubes and cubes, 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 cubes. Yeah. It, it, it like plays faster, it feels better. Um, I bought that today. Sentry? Mm-hmm. And then they have some weird Gollum edition. It's the same game rethemed into a fantasy. Right. So my understanding is, and help me out, that there's going to be three games, I believe, that are all Century themed. So it's like Century Spice Road, but then the next game's going to be Century something something, and then Century something yeah. something. Yeah? Am I right? Is this is what you've heard? Okay. I'm seeing nods in the audience, which is enough for me to continue. So, uh, <laughs> but the thing is, some people were complaining <laughs> about the art and the theme. So they made a Gollum one, which a lot of people say is a lot prettier. Yes, is a it lot is. better. Yeah. Absolutely. So you, you think I, so too? Yeah, I think the Gollum one is better there. So they're out of Gollum playmats. They're they're overcharging you thirty dollars for a playmat, but I was like, I'm gonna buy it because the playmat's sweet. But I bought the spice one. Uh, <laughs> thirty dollars, but it's sweet. I bought the spice one just because I was like, well, if they don't have I want the playmat and they don't have the playmat for the Gollum. I bought the spice one because of the, the theme that they're trying to sell you. And so what I want you guys to do is if you like Splendor, you should buy Century because they told me they're gonna pay me twenty dollars for every copy they sell. Uh, but then when no, I'm just kidding. And then when you get home, take a picture of you throwing away Splendor, because you will never play it again after you play Century, because it's one of those games that makes another game obsolete. This is a yeah. thing we talk about a lot on the show, which yep. is if you're gonna design a game, make sure there's a game that you were gonna have people put in the garbage when they play your game, <laughs> because the market is so saturated right now. There's not enough room for. It's like this game, and uh, the theme is a little different. Like you really need to. Kill another game. It's brutal, I know. But you just have to put your hands around that game's throat. And <laughs> there was an audience member. I'm so sorry. What's your name? Uh, Kayla. Kayla, you wanted to say something, and I want to hear it. Really? Ah, so they start. They started with oh. the Golem edition, but then they wanted to. Cle- Keep it in line with their trilogy, so then they changed it to the Century Spice Road. I know a lot of this has to do with the whole Asmodee buying Plat Hat F2Z sort of thing because Plan B is. Have they bought you yet, Travis? Have they bought you? <laughs> still, okay. still waiting on that offer? <laughs> there you go. Ah. Yeah, I respect that a lot. <laughs> a <Yeah>. lot. <laughs> Are we picking up audience members enough, or should we repeat everything? Uh, we say? should probably repeat their questions, but... Uh, uh, Travis said, we're indie. <laughs> yep. Elijah, you wanted to say something. So that's really interesting. Uh, Elijah Longwell, yes? Uh, Elijah Longwell. And you can plug, is it Meeple Mountain? Boom, man. I, I I love our listeners. Anyway, so uh, so Elijah said that they originally had both arts, and they were going to sell them at the same time. 
But from my understanding of publishing, that's a horrible idea, which they ended up not doing because it's known as cannibalism. Because inevitably, everyone's going to buy one version and not the other. But staggering them slightly seems to be doing them justice. Like, I thought we just bought this game. Well, I'm going to buy... I know many people that bought both versions of Century. Ridiculous. That's crazy to me. It is crazy yeah, to me, Yeah, because there's nothing different except the art. Right. But and I know people that own both. I probably would have bought the Gollum edition if they had the playmat, but they didn't. But the playmat's sweet. Yeah. <laughs> no. But they are right that a game called Spice Road definitely plays way better to the Euro market than Gollum Century. Yeah. What other what other questions do we have in the audience? Yeah, let's do it. Let's, let's open do it up. this. Yeah. You sir in the blue. Blackjack. Blackjack. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. What else? What else? Oh, wait. Uh, let me get you a game. Yeah. Or you can come up here and pick a game out for yourself. Oh, look at that. Oh, my goodness. Ooh. Ooh. We yes. got some knights over there. Let's give some hands for knights. Go ahead and stand up. We got some knights. Knave tonight. Yeah. <laughs> look at that. For the audience, they waved their hand. And they stood up. So, well. Once it up. So, story involved. It's a married couple that proposed uh, while playing games. That was the whole connection between the coupling was... That sounds really bad. Uh, anyway, question. You had a question. What's the question? Okay, the Ooh. question was, this is their first Gen Con. They have 36 hours left. What should they not miss? She said that faster than you. You're really wasting time here. So. I'm saying it louder. <laughs> so, sorry. Uh, what should they not miss? Well, definitely, if you haven't seen all the showroom floor, you have to work that. Usually, I would parse it out day by day. So, I'm not sure if you did a floor plan or whatever. But I would go up and down and make sure. Uh, and for my advice, and I want to hear your guys, is that make sure you talk to other people as well. Because it's a very opinionated question. So, other people have different advice. But... Definitely when it comes to the show floor, see if you heard something that if you see a game that someone had, you're like, oh, I missed that because I can guarantee you missed booth. In fact, the freaking Exploding Kittens booth is across from our booth, and Travis Worthington couldn't even find our booth because he was staring at the damn Exploding Kittens booth, and it was like, all you had to do was turn around, sir, and you would have seen our booth. So, guarantee you're missing booths. If you guys have never done a true dungeon in the future before the tickets sell out, go to a true dungeon. I think that's a Gen Con experience everybody should have. Um... Another big one is going to the Ram, going to eat at the Ram. If, you, if you've never been, I think that's a quintessential Gen Con experience, right? Um, I would say the same thing at going to Steak and Shake at 2 yeah. o'clock in the morning. That's another. These are not always good experiences, but they are what I would call perfect Gen Con experiences. They're definitely memorable experiences. SBJ, you did, some, uh, you did some stuff that was sort of off the beaten path at Gen Con this year, and you really liked that, like yeah. non-gaming stuff. Yeah, I, I started to book. So this is, this is my, if you're coming to Gen Con next year, I, I would suggest never booking anything between 10 a.m. and 6 p.m. Because what you can do is you can walk the show floor and play every single game you want to play and possibly buy. So I don't ever buy a game without playing it now. Like, I could have just bought Century Spice Road, but I was like, nope, I'll just wait the half hour I played it. I was like, I feel very good about this purchase. And you can do that every single day and still not play everything you want to. But what I do now is I book things that, I don't know what I said. What I originally said, you gotta like broaden your horizon. Yeah, yeah. So like, I took a dancing class. I was like, oh, they offer dancing classes, and like a real dancing class, I think in your city is like what, like one hundred and twenty dollars for you know eight, sessions, eight weeks yeah, or something, something like that, and that, yeah. like, that's a lot of commitment. 
Um, uh, I think you held up like uh, making something. Yeah, you can oh, like make, make a cat, cat toy. Uh, and so the dancing class was like ten bucks, and I was like, okay, this is like really cool. Like I can't actually get this experience. What kind of dance anywhere. was it? Uh, it was the waltz. The waltz. Was this your idea? I'm not judging. There's it was no, no, it was my idea. Okay, I, knew, I was wondering I knew if my, it was yours or I. I, I knew my girlfriend would want to do it. You're so lucky you? lady. All right, <laughs> smoothie charmer. Look at keeper. But there she are shrugged. a lot of like, there's she a lot shrugged. of, there's like a lot of those arts and dances that you, that are like really cool experiences, and I think they're worth going to. A lot of people are like, oh, let's book a game to play the Resistance, and yeah. You can absolutely. I played uh, an amazing game of the Resistance by booking a game, and it was a bunch of people that were really serious about it. They were really good players. It was probably my most memorable game of the Resistance. But also, I can just go back to my hotel room and play the Resistance. I can't go back to my hotel room and have somebody teach me the waltz. Did you ever play the Resistance at the Indie Board and Card Booth when I was teaching? That's it? when we met. That is when we met. Okay, well, yeah. you weren't teaching it, but it was. Uh, it was one of Travis's uh, volunteers or employees. They were like. Uh, we're going to play this other hidden role game. It's down the hallway. They don't have a booth. They're just demoing in the hallway. And so because of the resistance, I met you guys. Nice. Thank you, Travis. Uh, <laughs> also, are they doing paint and take this year? Paint and take minis? A paint and take mini is always great um, because it's such an expensive hobby to get into. And you don't really know if you like it until you try it. So that's another thing that I think is a, is a really good con experience to do. Um, shout out. Anyone else have anything else that? 36 hours. Oh, sorry. Anybody else have an answer for what they would do in the next 36 hours? The Gen Con History Museum. Yes. The Gen, Gen Con, Con History, History Museum. Museum. 50 years. Luke, Lucas Oil Stadium. They've got all this cool stuff right on the 50 yard line. I think Ben Cannell's went there and said, What did you say, Ben? Oh, look at this. We're in the middle of a football stadium. We win, nerds. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> look at this. We're yeah, all in the middle of a football stadium. We win, nerds. <laughs> Whew. Look at this. We're Some all in the middle stuff. of a football stadium. <laughs> <laughs> Something nerds. That's what we do. Come on up and uh, pick a game. Who else has a question? Let's go yeah. to the back. No, far back. Yes, you, sir. The one that just looked at your hand. <laughs> uh, the experience. I have been so busy, I have not stumbled into the experience. Has anyone found an empty booth? Because I think maybe they couldn't run it because it went into an empty booth and it switched booths. For those of you that don't remember, the last year Gen Con, they had something called the experience. And it was, what do they call that? The it's a ARG? thing that Alan made ARG up. Game. ARG I don't think it's real. Yeah, me neither. Yeah, whatever, guys. So, no, I have not seen it this year. But to be fair, I haven't been walking the show as much this year at all. But have any of you seen an empty booth with... An invitation there, just no. Yeah, I, I haven't seen any empty booths. There's a maze on the wall. What are you still doing here? You got work to do. <laughs> Come up and grab your game. Who else yeah! has a question? They're only asking questions because they want games. That's why we brought them. Hey, we get quality questions. You in the green shirt, sir. Uh, last time I was here was 12 years ago. Wow. Things have changed a little bit. Mm -hmm. I wonder what you think might happen in other conferences. Well. That's a great question. Uh, instead of Gen Con, it will be Asmodeacon. <laughs> we'll be speaking Chinese. Uh, what, are, what are some real things? I think they're going to have to. They're going to have to do something with the space because they've sold out this year and it's pretty packed. I mean, it's it's wall to wall different. I wonder if they'll break it up into sort of like this is an RPG hotel. This is like Mayfair's hotel. Like just more separation of. 
I feel um, like the stadium right now is like poor use. Right. Like you can go to the stadium and and you should and you can see the the museum, but it's so not crowded compared to everything else. Like if they were to shift, like they need to they need to come up with a better floor plan to shift how people are moving throughout the con. That makes any sense. I think it's possible they move the con eventually. I mean, Indianapolis is really set up infrastructure-wise to host a big con. But yeah, 12 years from now, if they're bringing in, I don't know, 100,000 people. like, I also don't know the concentration of profits as to what's more profitable for Gen Con as an establishment, if it's the events or the exhibitors. So if it's exhibitors, they're going to have to just keep on growing that exhibitor space at perhaps direct loss of event space so they'll just have to get more and more space like you said yeah so i imagine if it's equally as profitable you'll won't see anything taking over so it'll just be bigger and bigger i don't foresee anything all of a sudden closing down i can't imagine it getting smaller there may be some ebb and flow but i think we're on a steady incline culturally because we're catching up to our european counterparts where it's becoming more and more acceptable for a group of college kids to be playing board games or high schoolers on a date night to whip out a board game. Absolutely. It's all being Chinese and probably got time for like two more questions. Yeah, come on up and pick a game. Thank you so much cool. for telling us that, sir. No problem. He said we have one minute. <laughs> I think and he then... said we have one minute. All right. All right. Question. Canellos, what do you got? Does the number 1548 mean anything to you, SPJ? I feel like this happened last year. It did happen last year. <laughs> this is the second version of the escape room. Ben Canales is in my local game room, and our group beat it Thank in that you. amount of time. We want to see if you and your friends can beat it in a quicker time. 1548. Uh, yes. Yes. What do we want to see from a game? From the designer, right? So uh, sell sheets really hurt, uh, help. That was weird. <laughs> sell sheets really help. So n knowing the publishers as well as what their theme is, what their market. For instance, if they're into family games and you bring around some violent game, that's no bueno. So really know your audience. This is my really shysty advice is get to know them personally first. For instance, the way I got to know a lot of the publishers is I walked around basically posing as media and saying, hey, I write a little blog and blah, blah, blah. And so they're like, cool. And they, therefore, it was something I could do for them. And then I got their name. And it wasn't until next year after I actually spent the time getting to know them and interviewing them where they felt more comfortable talking to me. So it was almost like this kind of secret track into getting time. That's kind of lame advice. But at the same time, it didn't work for me because none of my games got published. I had to publish my own. But uh, <laughs> and that's our show. <laughs> so what we'll do is, if you guys have more questions for Alan and Sean, they're going to be in the hallway. Yep. Uh, mm -hmm. I'm going to be setting up or setting up. I'll be tearing down, and then I will join them. So, and I think Alan had some more stuff. So if you guys have any questions, you want to stick around, we'll be in the hallway. Okay. Yep. Hand in your, we'll just do a generic lineup and hand us your feedback forms because it really helps us structure the show. And then you can pick out your game. And Thanks if you so have your tickets still, please uh, give them to us. Oh, thank you guys. Thank you guys. Hey, I have an important question too. Uh, 
really quick can answer what is Sean and I's favorite game that's out of print? 